All right, wake up, wake up. It's Damon and Larry. It is good to have you, and hopefully you had a great Christmas morning because if you were a Niners fan, your Christmas night didn't go very, very well at all. An embarrassing loss to the Ravens, but it's good to have you here. We talk you through the good games. We talk you through the bad ones, too, and it's a day after. An embarrassing defeat for the 49ers. Larry, good morning to you. I'll tell you. It might be all your fault. You don't go changing studios in the middle of a winning streak. But no, seriously, your studio looks fantastic. The light looks fantastic. We had to open with an establishing wide shot to show it off. It looks great, man. How you doing? Merry Christmas again. Well, this was my uh, one of my better Christmas gifts from uh, our producer and my son, the great Kevin Kruger, went and got me the Neon Krug Show podcast light and uh man looks very cool we got it hung up we got the studio redone the lighting the whole deal so doing fantastic doing better than the niners yesterday how about that as we go to a little more of a tight shot but yes um man what a rough what a rough game man what a rough game i mean um i guess the ravens now carry that title of the best team in the NFL. There's two weeks left in the regular season. They're the team now that's 12 and three. They're the team that's won five straight. Um, and they can clinch the AFC's number one seed on Sunday. And when they play host to the Dolphins and, um, you know, the Ravens have not only not been the number one seed very much in their franchise's history, only once in 27 years. And for the Niners, what can you say? I mean, uh, you know, the uh, they didn't play horribly. They made chunk yardage, chunk yard plays, but you just can't turn it over. You just can't turn it over five times in an NFL game when you have, you know, what five? You have you have 10, 10 to twelve series. Let's see, the 49ers yesterday had eleven series and five turnovers. So, you know, I mean, that's it right there. Um, you know, Purdy's taking good care of the ball all year, but, um, it didn't happen last night. He threw four picks. The first one was on him. The rest were kind of situational and, uh, there is no quarterback controversy. He's their guy. He did suffer a stinger. I'm sure he wanted to come back and give it a go late, but it was probably in the best interest of everybody that he didn't. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey was great and may have won the MVP with, 131 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Um, but what can you say? I mean, they they uh, they fell behind and the Ravens kept coming. The third quarter, you know, it was anybody's game at halftime. And then that third quarter was just a disaster. And to me, the, the backbreaker play, though, was in the second quarter when they were third and 16, oh, David, from the 41. Exactly. And all they had to do, and they and they had just scored a touchdown to make it 13-12, and there was plenty of time on the clock to get the ball back and maybe even get a field goal before the end of the first half. Third and 16 from the 41, the Ravens were not going to be in field goal range if they didn't pick up that first. And sure enough, Jackson pulled a Lamar Jackson, maybe the MVP-type play with that quarterback run where he cut it back and Chase Young missed the sack in the backfield and the rest was history. The next snap, they were first and 10 on the 10 couple plays later, uh, you know, they're kicking a field goal to go up 16-12. But even that, 16-12 at halftime, they weren't – Niners were not done at halftime. No, Larry, 16-12 at halftime with three turnovers to that point from Purdy, 
was right. a blessing in disguise. You yeah. know, the, the Ravens field goals were the 49ers best offense in the first half of that game. It really was other than the little chemistry that looked like Kittle was going to have with Purdy early on. Kittle had a monster first quarter and then didn't do much the rest of the game. But again, no one could do much when you're basically handing the ball back to the other team formally as an invitation uh, five times in a game. Purdy, look, what was really bad about it, Larry, I thought Purdy uncorked two passes that were actually worse than two of the interceptions that he threw. His first interception of the game was a terrible interception. All on him. Can't blame anybody else. Never saw Kyle Hamilton. um, Didn't read the coverage correct. Yeah. The third, the, the, the following three interceptions, I'll blame those on football and football players making football plays and some players not making the play that they need to make. And Or credit the Ravens. You know, and, you can credit the Ravens. It's, I'm crediting the Ravens here, but football is what happened on three interceptions. There were two other passes where Purdy nearly went full-on Garoppolo and threw one right to the opposing defender, and, and it was dropped. It didn't happen. Like, it was just a bad night for Brock. There is no doubt about that. We're going to... Look, as far as we can, we're going to sift through the rubble of the game in Santa Clara to find if there's maybe a bright spot. And I do think one of the things that we have to acknowledge is that all the doom and gloom that has come out, like I got people on my chat as soon as, you know, one of the first comments is, let's not forget that Brock Purdy uh, was Damon's MVP for weeks now. Okay, he was the entire league's MVP for weeks in a row there. He is having one of the single most spectacular sophomore seasons this sport has ever seen from a quarterback. So so what, it's on you now? Right, no, but I no, mean, even the bad ridiculous. game last night doesn't change that. Um, the 49ers can win two more games and be the one seed. Like if I had sold you that at the beginning of the year, you're the one seed. You would have bought it no matter the price. And that price can still be paid. You know, they, they can still be the one seed. So um, the litmus test of, well, you played a really good team and you lost poorly. Again, it always looks bad. It looks bad. It feels bad. No happy Niner fans uh, Tuesday morning on the West Coast or anywhere in the world following Christmas. But here's the first bright spot that I will offer you of this bad football game. Larry, at no point in time did I think Kyle Shanahan was going to pull his starting quarterback. And I don't know how many starting quarterbacks get to survive their third interception, much less their fourth. And it just shows you that Kyle really does believe he's got the guy. And even his data points in the, the vacuum of one game are being returned. It ain't this guy's night. He didn't go switching guys. And we know Kyle gets very antsy about his quarterback. And he's always... You know, no matter who he's dancing with, he's looking over that person's shoulder for the rest of the dance floor. Is there anybody else better out here? But he didn't go to Darnold until he had to because of the stinger. And then I thought it was the reshuffling of the offensive line that prevented him from going back to Purdy more than like, let's see if Sam can bring us home or anything like that. Um, The injuries to Trent Williams and Aaron Banks need to be monitored closely because your season is very much in those couple of injuries. Eric Armstead needs to get back out there. This defense isn't the same in the middle without him. Um, But there's, look, there's no putting lipstick on the pig of five turnovers. 
49ers had five turnovers. If you have five turnovers against the Carolina Panthers, you're probably losing that game. Against the Baltimore Ravens, you're dead. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can and and I love, I mean, it's it's so predictable, by the way. Just some of the chat, uh, you know, you know, about oh, you know, the people that were complaining about Brock's interceptions in the in training camp were right. No, they weren't. They were wrong. Uh they, those people said that he shouldn't even play over Trey Lance. Let's not forget that. And the guys in the MVP running. So no, those people were still wrong. Um, as far as as far as you know, last night goes, it's just you know, what can you say? You win some, you lose some. I I, I thought um the, the thing that stood out to me was that you know the 49ers just they lost their edge. Um, I thought you know, first obviously they had a bunch of guys hurt. No Armstead hurts, he's a major cog on their defense. Uh, they're trying to give him rest on the plantar fasciitis so he can get back for the playoffs. Um, but they lost some of their edge when the Eagles lost and the Cowboys lost, and it gave them a game to play with in this race for the for the number one seed in the NFC. And it's just just knowing being a Niner fan all these years, it's like you know when you have that game to play with. I mean, the Niners never do it easy. It's always razor thin. It's always by the skin of their teeth. And now they got to go cross country on a short week and play a commander's team and may do may have to do it without the left side of their offensive line. You know, Trent's got a groin. Uh, uh, Banks has got the recurrence of the turf toe. Who knows if those guys can go in this next game or not? Um, you know, this was this was an uncomfortable matchup anyway. The Ravens brought a little bit more desperation. The Ravens also got, I think, the advantage of playing this game on the road. And I think it really was an advantage just because when you're on the road, you're literally on the road. It's us against the world. When you're at home, the Niners are trying to serve multiple masters. You know, they're they're trying to squeeze in their holiday plans and everyone get get ready for this game. Bring a Christmas hat for that pregame picture. Right. I mean, the, the intensity and the anger and the focus and the drive that's normally there for a game of this magnitude was watered down by this glee of, oh, it's Christmas. And, and you know, the you're Niners played. Christmas, Larry, but you're putting this loss on, on baby Jesus. It was on, it was on Santa, man. I mean, the Niners have only played twice on Christmas in my lifetime. And both times they were great. And both times they lost. They lost in the nineties to the Oilers um, at candlestick in a game. And, and both times they played really good teams. That Oiler team was really good and kind of underrated. This Ravens team is really good, kind of underrated. Um, it's, I can't remember the details of that game other than I think it was Alonzo Highsmith running it down their throat. But um, they just, you know, they, it was just turnovers and, and credit the Ravens. And, you know, Brock was due for a game like this. I mean, it doesn't, to me, it's like, so what? Now Brock's not the guy? Come on, stop, please. Stop. Right. I, um, I think the biggest problem that we have. Look at this in- one. Is nuts. Party sucks. Okay. But I think the biggest problem I mean, that we so have. This is what we got. Larry, the biggest problem that we have is everyone tries to use every game that they just saw last as the referendum of what we're going to see going forward. And maybe that's, you know, maybe we're a little bit guilty in terms of sharing all the excitement that we're seeing. But I think there was plenty of reason to be very excited about this team. And there still is. Okay. This, this is not a... A the season has been drastically altered level loss. Again, let's see how Trent Green's groin is. If that really lingers, then maybe the season was altered by the loss to the Ravens. But I told you on Friday when we were doing wake up together 
that I thought that the Ravens could win this game. I thought that Lamar is that spectacular. I also just thought the environment was perfect for John Harbaugh to stoke all that me against the world stuff that you were just talking about. Plus, the Ravens are nasty. Well, and they're the, be- they're they're, they're they're the, the best team in the conference at their conference. So it's not like they were just, yeah. you know, some dog meat team. They're a good yeah. team. Well, Queen and Roquan Smith had two incredible games. I mean, that was one of the best linebacker games in, in the NFL. Uh, Dre Greenlaw was out there trying to hit everything but the reindeer. And uh, and and Fred Warner had, had a good game, too. He didn't have a bad game. Uh, the two of them did whiff on the Gus Edwards goal line fourth down punch it in. I really thought they had him stuck and were going to make a play there, but Edwards got it in. He big thighed his way into the end zone. And look, tip the cap to the opponent. I mean, the Ravens are very, very good. They could absolutely win the Super Bowl this year. But, you know, to the fans who are doubting and the haters who are celebrating, so could the 49ers. There is a small handful of teams that could really win the Super Bowl, and the Niners remain in that small handful of teams. But last night was a bad showing. You know, I, it, it, in the two-hour post-game show I did last night, Larry, I probably used the phrase, that wasn't good, 200 times, because there's really nothing to say. I mean, well, I, see, I don't think this was a bad – I first of all, I hate the Ravens, by the way. I hate the freaking Ravens. I mean, I've, I, I seriously, I really can't stand. I can't stand John Harbaugh. I can't stand their army, their seventh army theme song. I can't stand their fans. I don't think they're that good. Um, you know, this, the, look at the, look at the box score in this game. 49ers ran from seven yards a carry and lost. The 49ers had 200 yard receivers and lost. The Ravens ran for three nine a carry, despite the fact that Lamar himself ran for six four a carry. I said it in the pregame to Loneal. I said Justice Hill and Gus Edwards aren't him. Those guys aren't Keaton Mitchell. They those guys are not going to gash the Niners. And sure enough, they didn't. But Lamar did just enough. Um, their their weapons are eh. Rashad Bateman, eh. Charlie Kohler, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards. Isaiah Likely, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing there. I mean, seriously, the Ravens, though, got an amazing game out of, as you said, Roquan, Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton, Brandon Stevens, Justin Matabuke. Those guys all fired. They all Matabuke showed. was fantastic. And they, did, great. They, they took advantage of an offensive line that sometimes gets a little taken advantage of. And I was surprised to see Purdy was only sacked twice. It felt like he got sacked five times. Well, he got hit a bunch. Well, let's he see how many times did he let's yeah. see how many times did they hit him? Uh yeah, they got nine hits on the quarterback. You know, where the Niners the Niners had two sacks and four hits on Lamar. They had four sacks and nine hits on the quarterback. So I mean that's that's too many. But I mean, even so the Niners Still did a lot of really good things in this game. Purdy made a number of plays. He threw for 255. It's the four picks. Right. And then so, five, if you want to include Darnold's pick there at the end. You don't win games. I'd love to see what the what the average margin of victory is for teams that, that are minus five in turnovers. Minus five. It can't That's it be right good. there. That's well, it. It, I'm going to go down and say that might have been one of the worst executed games in 49ers history. I don't have the entire team's every box score in front of me or computer to go through the data quickly, 
But how many 10 penalties, five turnover games have the Niners ever had, much less have they won? I'm guaranteeing you they won none of them. But how many have they even ever played? 10 penalties, five turnovers. It was not a good night. And I didn't think it was a poorly officiated game. I am not blaming the officials at all. I thought that they were letting them play early. And then we saw both teams suffer some very off the play flags on the other side of the field that negated a couple of big plays for both teams. I, I didn't think I had no problems with the officiatings of that game at all. I really the only didn't. thing. The only question I have is when uh, when Trent stripped him, it seemed like he wasn't down. But you know what? The ball might have rocked out. But it never got loose. I thought that uh, they got that right. I did. Okay, okay. I mean, was, I mean, I'm in the upper deck. I, I mean, know, I'm, I'm I the, you know, the press box is. Not, it's funny. You're there. You're covering the event. You're in the press box and this and that. Right. The person on the couch has got a better view. The person on the couch has a better view, and in that better view, you saw a replay that just for the very beginning of the replay, you thought, "Oh, that ball's maybe out." Trent just had a strip set, or a, a a strip, and the Niners are going to get the ball back. And then you saw. It didn't rock all the way. Like he still totally had control of it. And it just, it wasn't a fumble. Um, and that's where Trent, again, when Trent has to do things that a left tackle is not supposed to do, that's when the chances of him getting hurt go up. And that's when he hurt his groin. And hopefully he's all right. Now there is a comment in here. And uh, uh, Larry, I don't even think you need to bring it up, but make sure you take the ones down that we do. I, I don't need to look at just negativity all day here because we're trying right. to explain what happened. Um, Richard Gonzalez writes, stop making excuses. The 49ers got their ass kicked. Kyle, once again, outcoached. All right. I want to break this down. Stop making excuses means you clearly don't know what the purpose of the show is. This isn't an excuse making show, but we're talking about last night's game and we're going to talk about it thoroughly and we're going to try to find out what happened. So we're discussing last night's game, not making excuses. Number one. Number two, the 49ers got their ass kicked. No debating you there, sir. You are totally right. The 49ers did get their asses kicked last night. Kyle once again got out coached. Now, even though I would make the argument that the 49ers lost all three phases of that game, they outpassed, they outrushed, they out averaged yards per played, they outplayed the Ravens with the exception of the turnovers. The defense didn't force an awful lot of punts, but with bad field position at the beginning of just about every Ravens drive, they held an awful lot of, you know, they they, they bowed up and held the Ravens to a field goal. Like, I didn't even think the defense had that particularly bad of an evening, but you were right, Larry, after that that run by Lamar in that second quarter. Backbreaker. Well, that's where they got caught in the middle for the rest of the game. Where, yeah, instead of just going after Lamar, we we got to now, we, we got to kind of get, get middled here because Mighty pull up and throw it. And that was the big pass to Gus Edwards in the game where it looked like, oh, he's going to take off and run. So everyone committed to Lamar's run and then he tosses it. Um, that That was a bad play. But look, I don't think Shanahan got out coached. I think anyone looks like they get out coached when their quarterbacks throw a total of five interceptions. I didn't see Kyle Shanahan throw a single interception last night. I also, yeah, I know he didn't. I, I will. The turnovers were it. I mean, you, we can sit here. I mean, we could make this a very short show. Right. Hey, everybody, they were minus five in turnovers. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Uh, you know, we could. 
and the rest of it's going to, and I don't care if it sounds like excuse making, we're sitting here talking about the game and we're analyzing the game. Um, the one alarming thing is that the 49ers for as good as they are appear to only be able to win one way. And that to me, if you want to say that's on Kyle, if you want to say that's on, on, I don't know, I'm not sure who it's on. Is it on their players? It is, they only can win. They only can seem to win one way. They haven't won any of these games where, you know, things didn't go their way, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like they either have to win because, man, it's like an impressive fashion, and they're up 14. Now they're up 17. They're up 21. They're piling it on. When was the last time they won just, as they said, a grimy game? And right. The, you're not going to go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl without being able to win in more than one way. Well, they have to be able to win some close games. And that that is it on Kyle. I mean, I can't put those interceptions on Kyle. I've got to credit the Ravens. They showed up at the ball at the right time. I don't believe that that, you know, Brock's not good enough or that this caliber of team is too good for him or any of that. But last night, the better team won and the Ravens were the better team. The Ravens had the edge. The Ravens made more plays in the ball. Um and they came away with the turnovers when it mattered. Kyle Hamilton is truly a great football. They've got four or five truly great football players in their prime on their defense, and they all played great. But it, but it is it, the one thing that's the most alarming to me is that the Niners don't seem to be able to win. I mean, as we said, what was it, 16-12 at halftime? Is that what it was? Yeah. 16-12 at halftime. You're down four points at halftime, and you're getting the ball to begin the third quarter, and yet it felt like they were down 10 or 14 because it just felt like the game wasn't being played on their terms. No, they, I mean, and they, they have they to go, get it on their terms to win. They go three and out. Yeah, they, they three went three and, and out to begin. To me, that, that third quarter was a freaking nightmare. They go third and three and out. Then there's a penalty on the punt on the false start. Then there's a penalty on the ki- on the on the punt return on a late hit. So they set Wisnowski. not right, Dre Greenlaw, Wisnowski. right? And they set up the Ravens, Damon, at the at their own forty four. And a couple plays later, you know the the Jackson to if, if the Jackson run in the second quarter wasn't a backbreaker, the Jackson to Edwards forty one yard pass on yep. first and ten that brought it down to the three. That felt like a backbreaker, um, and you know, and then and then Jackson what uh, threw the touchdown pass to to who was it there at the Aguilar uh, Aguilar yeah, and then they're they're down twenty three twelve, and even though it was twenty three twelve, which is you know, I mean, come on, you're down eleven at home with all of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter, it just didn't feel like the Niners were going to win, and then it really didn't on the next play. When Queen stepped in front of the pass, Travis Jones basically bumped into Purdy and bumped his arm, and then he threw it right to Queen, who returned it down to the to the nine yard line, and then they scored on the next play, and it's thirty to twelve, and it just felt like it was over right there. So I mean, it was a weird game in that the 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 third quarter ambush happened so fast that you know it the game went from sixteen to twelve to 30 to 12 in what seemed like a blink of an eye. Right. 
Look, Gibson had the really punitive penalties early on that helped the Ravens move down the field. The 49ers helped the Ravens in every way they could last night. I mean, you could not help another team beat you, and that team doesn't need any help beating you. They don't. So the Niners, you know, someone said that's the dumbest game plan you're ever seeing. Look, they were down 21 at one point. You got to start throwing the ball when you're down like that, even with Christian McCaffrey in the chunk plays. And you just can't have Christian. Christian McCaffrey was getting popped all over that field. Well, the Ravens definitely hit hard in this game. I mean, Queen, Roquan. I just want to check the first half box here. Here's the first half box. and And this is what if there's one complaint. I guess I would have from the 49ers is that, okay, so they, in the first half, the 49ers ran 7.9 a carry and they had 11 runs and they threw it six, they threw it 16 times, despite the fact they were running seven, nine a carry. When you're running for over seven yards a carry, you, you probably should stick to the run. It, 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 it might be a fair criticism to say that they got a little too um, enamored with their passing attack, despite the fact they were having success running the ball. And if there's one complaint I would have about Kyle Shanahan is that sometimes I think he gets so deep into his play sheet and what he wants to do and what he thinks he wants to do that when he doesn't react to the game that's happening in front of him, in real time enough. And in that situation, you're running it successfully. Make gut them, make them stop your run instead of putting it in the air to a, you know, to a secondary. That's really, really good. But you know, look, not making excuses. Here's what Kyle's thinking. I think this pass opens up our running game. And I finally got a quarterback that I believe can execute the passing that I'm, that I'm asking him to make. And yeah. And, Look, George Kittle had a 91-yard first quarter. Brandon Ayuk was wide open in a lot of instances. I mean, the the passing game was working until the interceptions came. You know, I mean, that sounds ridiculous. I understand how absurd that sounds, but they were having success in the air. It's not like they were throwing against a brick wall. I mean, they were moving the ball in the air too a little bit, but yeah, maybe Kyle did get wrapped up in wanting to show you how clever of a coach I am. Um, getting back to your point, they only win one way. Look, I've called them front runners. And, you know, that that has a little bit of a negative connotation to it. As long as you're in front, it really shouldn't. You know, if you, if, you, if you get a lead and you can sit on it and you can kill a game, that's good. But can you win from behind? I mean, in the what is it? Kyle now is 0 for 38 or 0 for 39 when trailing by eight points or more? That is absurd for as well run of an outfit as it really is for as decent as a defense that is usually out on the field most evenings as well. It is an absurd stat. And how do you explain it away? Just want to say Kyle's a failure and there becomes a point in a game where he forgets how to coach. Okay. If that's the you know explanation that's going to make you feel good about it. Someone said, so Damon, you saying Kyle was perfect. Did you hear me say Kyle was perfect? There was nothing that was even in the neighborhood of very good or perfect for the 49ers last night. Sometimes you get your ass absolutely handed to you in this well, league. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's just, what happened last it's, night. it's not your birthright to win every game. 
No, look, you know, Patrick here's the thing. You know, some games. Josh Allen's has had bad games. Uh, to attack of uh, to his. I mean, every, everybody looks at it through 49er glasses only. The 49ers won. The 49ers lost. How about last night? The Ravens won. You know what I mean? How about the Ravens did what they needed to do? I mean, that's really what I saw. I saw a Raven team that was a little bit. Um, seemed like, you know, first of all, Lamar took better care of the ball. Lamar played under you know, tremendous poise. He didn't have a running game. He, you know, he's got mediocre weapons. Um, you know, I think if the, these teams played again, I think the 49ers would be just fine. Um, the 49ers would have to have a different game plan, which is the Ravens can't come from behind either. I don't believe, um, you know, if I don't think they've got the rep, the weapons to do it. I don't, I'm really not impressed with the with their their skill position guys. But if you can let their defense play downhill against your offensive line, and then you mix in O line injuries, the Niner O line is only good enough. It's barely good enough. It's good enough if they can stay healthy. If they they can't withstand injuries to their offensive line, their second team offensive line is not nearly good enough. Spencer Burford was a circus at right at right tackle. He hasn't played there since Texas San Antonio. So he was getting beat on the off the right side. Um, had a I mean, rough night on both sides of the line. I watched I, I looked up at one point, Damon, and left to right. It was McKivitz, Ben Barch, Jake Brendel, John Feliciano, and Spencer Burford. That's not the that's not the plan. But you know what? The what I hope this is. I hope we don't go into the offseason talking about this. But if the Niners fall short of the Super Bowl, we may. Which is this offseason: win, lose, draw. Whether they win the Super Bowl, lose the Super Bowl, this offseason is about that O line. Yep. This offseason, this first round draft choice is going to that offensive line. Uh, they haven't, you know, the Trey Lance trade, which cost them those number one picks has slowed their rebuild of what their offensive line. They need to invest in their offensive line. Um, they need to have a bigger fit, more physical, um, more, you know, better pass blocking offensive line to me. When they fall behind, you say, what's the main reason they don't come from behind? Because when you take away the play action pass and the ability and, and offensive balance, and they get into a game where everybody knows they have to pass, their old line can't stand up. I really believe that. I just I haven't seen it stand up yet. You know, look at look at a couple of years ago in the NFC Championship game. As soon as the Rams had a lead in the fourth quarter, we can sit there and blame Jimmy, but in reality, it was Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and company living in Jimmy's face because oh, they, the offensive line couldn't stand up. Look, they they gave. Jadavian Clowney, the fountain of youth. That's the best game Jadavian Clowney's played in three years in this league, right? I mean, he he was he looked like the guy who was picked number one overall. Uh, he he had a, an outstanding game, and he's a player that a lot of people have forgotten or is even still in this league. Baltimore doesn't receive the hype. They don't have the skilled position players, like you said. Um, they're a gritty, nasty, blue-collar, lunch-pail football team. Not a lot of razzle-dazzle. And that's why Lamar might have sewed up an MVP the second of his career last night because he he one man armied that team up and down the field and yeah. whenever he needed the ball back Brock Purdy was nice enough to hand it to him. So 
it was just uh, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, Lamar basically just said, guys, jump aboard. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna do Lamar like things. He's there's no the thing about Lamar is interesting. He's as a passer, eh, he's pretty good. He's not nothing special. He threw behind guys. He's his accuracy is okay. It's nothing great. Um, but what he is is he's a great athlete. He's smart as hell. He's competitive as hell, and he's tough as hell. So you're not going to sit there and ever intimidate him. He's not worried about taking a big hit from anybody. Um, he doesn't play with an ounce of fear, and he just holds the ball, makes his plays. Um, he won that game, man. He won that game. Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is just a guy. Justice Hill. Justice Hill averaged 2.6 a carry. And these weapons outside Zay Flowers has got some quickness. Isaiah Likely is a little underrated. The rest of those guys are just, they wouldn't even make this team. I mean, it's a it's a thoroughly mediocre Ravens team. Uh, this was a Raven. I'll tell you what was what's really concerning as I was watching that game. The Rams almost beat this Ravens team. And now the Niners are gonna have to beat the Rams in week 18 to lock up that number one seed. That's what I was thinking as this game was going on, is that now the Niners on a short week have to fly across country, beat the commanders, maybe without the left side of their offensive line. And if they're lucky enough to do that, they'll get the Rams waiting for them in week 18. And that's going to determine whether the Niners have the one seed and the road to the Super Bowl rolls through Levi's. And that, my friend, is going to be a very, very tough game to win because Kyron Williams is running the ball well. Stafford's still Stafford. When they played the first time, they had Puka, but no Cooper Cup. Now they've got Puka and Cooper Cup, and their defense is playing well. So um, the Rams don't scare me that much, but it's not a. I, it was a lay. It looked like a laydown a month ago. It's right. anything but right now. Well, and and look, Sean McVay has got to be thinking. All right, I'm a good enough coach to have a market correction in this Kyle owns me in the regular season, ridiculous coaching advantage that Shanahan has over McVay. Of course, McVay's got the NFC title game. So, you know, he's got the pelt on the wall, but not the Niners have destroyed the Rams since McVay has been their head coach and Shanahan's been, you know, the Niners head coach, but um, yeah, that, that, that game is the Baltimore game. Looked like it represented the opportunity to not worry about week 18 because I think everyone assumes not that you should. Don't, I'm going to tell you right now, don't overlook the commanders. It's a great way to lose a football game. You can lose to anybody in this league. We say it every week, and people think like I'm like just giving them lip service. You can lose to anybody at any time. I don't care how good you are, how good you think you are, how good your coach is, whether you got a quarterback that's on the come or definitely going to Canton or maybe even can't play because quarterbacks who can't play win football games too. Tommy DeVito right before it was determined, then he couldn't play. You know, it's a, it's a crazy volatile league and there is no real connection or momentum in between games they all happen in a vacuum um and it's just that this league is hard even on the good teams even on the good teams and the Niners are a good team but boy reality was served up last night Larry we're going to get to our nearly famous just the facts segment here in just a bit but let me welcome everyone again about a half an hour into the show here 
No happiness in the chat room to be found. No happiness in the hosts. But I do want to wish everyone a very happy holiday season. I feel like it's still the holidays until you get to New Year's. I know you and I are going to be working all week long. We're going to be getting you ready for the Commander's game. It's great to have you joining us here on Wake Up. Most all stations, most all programs are at backup hosts. And, you know, we're we're here. No days off, baby. No days off. So we're no here. No days off. No it's days cool. off. No days off. It's great to be it was with a you. It was tough to get up, though, this morning. I'll say it was. That. It was. The coffee is extra leaded this morning. It needs to be. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to watch us, whether you're watching on Larry's channel or my channel. Thank you very much for watching Wake Up. Please hit like. Please hit subscribe to both of our stations. It grows. It's real. And we are not a one-trick pony. We, we can play from behind. We can win from behind, Larry. There's no doubt in my mind. We don't have to just have to get a big lead and sit on it. We can win from behind. I got a couple questions, though, before we get to just the facts, okay? Yes. Here's my question. And if you want to tell me it's because this is when Ambry Thomas was out, then I guess that's the answer to my question. Why is Jason Verrett out there taking He's been playing great in practice, and they want to throw him out there. Um, you know, okay, he, but I mean, he gave up the touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. Uh, that was his check. And I'm not saying that, you know, you get beat once you can't play anymore, but I was, I didn't think we were going to see Jason Verrett who signed with the team two weeks ago was elevated from the practice squad. I believe on Saturday, I didn't think we were going to see him unless you were into the depth chart. And with Ambry Thomas being down, I thought you'd see Luter Jr. before you saw Ambry Thomas. But I guess Luter actually caught some some snaps last night. Yeah, he did. I mean, the Niners may have made a lot of really good decisions personnel-wise. But let me highlight the one that was just absolutely a train wreck. And that was cutting Deshaun Jameson at the end of training camp, um, who was a good cover guy, who had had a phenomenal camp. And he also could could double as a return guy. And they did that to keep an extra offensive lineman because they couldn't decide which backup O lineman was was, you know, was worthy of keeping. And they kept, you know, Matt Pryor, who really stinks. They waived him yesterday. He wasn't even on the field. They may have to re-sign him now, but he's no good. He's not a good player at all. And 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 he was out of shape and they they kept an extra offensive lineman. And they cut a young corner that they found as an undrafted free agent. And they've been chasing that player all year, all year. I mean, seriously, they've had corner depth issues at different times this year. They could have used Deshaun Jameson like 19 times. And instead, they cut him for Matt Pryor. And they went with the extra offensive lineman instead of the extra corner. And it was a mistake. It was a mistake then. He was quickly trying to squeeze him through waivers. And he had played well enough in the preseason, and there's enough pro personnel scouts watching those preseason games that Carolina quickly pounced, grabbed him, signed him, put him on their on their team, and they've they've missed it. Now they're you know, and it's hard. They've been they tried to get additional corners at the trade deadline, they couldn't do it. Uh, they had they they made Samuel Womack inactive last night. I think that was kind of a questionable decision. Um, and they're you know that's. And all because they knew their offensive line wasn't good enough, so they kept an extra offensive lineman. But that offensive lineman never saw the field. They waived him yesterday, so it's like they made they made made kind of a bad decision on their personnel with you know with um, 
you know, Deshaun Jameson and Matt Pryor and how they handled their backup O line and how they handled their backup corners. And it's burned them a few times this year. In the history of the 49ers, and I really I, I need to like I need to call the Niners, I guess, and and ask, has there ever been a five turnover, ten penalty game in franchise history? And if there's no, no doubt there. Ha- well, I don't know. Yeah, together. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you put those together, Larry. I'm telling you, the Niners dropped one of the worst games in the history of their franchise, possibly last night. Right? I mean, that's what it would be. A hundred yards of penalties. I mean, I felt like I was watching the Raiders. Penalties. Yeah. That, that's that's as bad as executing at home could possibly get. And look now, okay, now here's the that sounds like an excuse. This isn't an excuse. It's my one buoy of, I guess, in some weird way, that is sort of impressive. Let's say Sam Darnold does not throw an interception on his final pass of the evening. That ball gets through to the end zone. It's touchdown Niners. Well, there's no doubt about it. You are still very much odds on the favorite to lose the game. And you're in Dutch. But that would be an eight-point game under the two-minute warning with three timeouts. And the fact that the Niners nearly put themselves in that position to make it a one-possession game in a possible, just a possibility to even maybe tie it up with five turnovers and ten penalties is in its own stupid way kind of impressive. I mean, like, it... it it sucks that they lost and they deserve to lose. But there was a point in that game where they were down four points with three turnovers in the first half. I mean, you're down four points with your quarterback throwing three interceptions. That is still a survivable event. And for most teams, that would not be a survivable event right there. You're down 28 almost instantly. The fact that the Niners were only down four, again, it says something there, there doesn't say much good, Larry. I mean, there's not a lot to, you know, there, let's not pretend. You and I are not excuse makers. But a very good football team played a very bad game. And they did so against another very good football team. And that happens in this league. Just because the Niners had a bad night does not now make them a bad team. Just because Brock Purdy had a bad game doesn't mean we have to relitigate whether or not he should even have the job. Progress right. and improvement is not linear. It's not a straight line. Well, I mean, up. there are ebbs and flows, and this guy's having measurably one of the single greatest sophomore seasons any quarterback has ever had. If ever. we're gonna if we're gonna sit there and say, "Oh man, Brock had a bad game," get rid of Brock. Are you gonna say the same thing about Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa and Chase Young were supposedly this all-world combo off the edges. Brent Urban had three sacks, and those guys didn't have any. So, I mean, what, what get rid of Bosa now? Does Bosa stink? I wouldn't get Bosa, rid of Nick Bosa. Is Bosa somehow a bum? You know, how many people called up the post game or chat, typed in the chat, where the hell's Nick Bosa? No. Because it's just, you know what? You win some, you lose some. Um, you know, I, the 49, there's been way worse defeats than that. I, I To me, there, I mean, I thought the way the Niners beat the Eagles, uh, the you know, was a, was rougher on the Eagles. The way the Niners beat the Cowboys, the Cowboys look worse. 
you you can look at this today, you know, and and, and sit sit there and you go, well, wait a second. You had a hundred yards of penalties and five picks, five turnovers. How many? How Steve does Steve Wilkes need to go because his defense didn't uh, force one turnover the entire the entire day? I mean, is Bo, you got to cut Bosa, you got to cut Chase Young, you got to. Um, I mean, it's just come on, it's just knee jerk stuff. But right. at the end of the day, that's what happened. Um, and you know, uh, I mean, they. They didn't play well enough, but this idea, I, it's one of the most ridiculous comments I got in the post game last night. If these teams played each other 10 times, the Ravens would win all 10. Why? No. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Seriously, the 49ers did so many good things in that game. Yeah. Uh, they just turned it over and they had too many penalties. And then Lamar made every big play. It, the Ravens played almost a perfect game. Let's be honest here. They played almost a perfect game. Look at the Ravens talent. They don't have a running back. They really only have one real good receiver. Um, you know, they, they're, their starting tight end is done for the year. Their starting running back is done for the year. Lamar put the whole thing on his back and made just enough plays. And then their defense, I will say this, the one guy who absolutely was amazing is, is Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, the Notre Dame corner, or Notre Dame safety that plays nickelback and plays linebacker and plays safety. I mean, he had three passes defensed. He had two picks. He had five tackles. Three of them were solo. He seemed like he was always in the middle of the action. Um, credit them. Credit. I mean, you know, the old saying, they get paid as well. They played a phenomenal game. But, I mean, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner combined for 22 tackles. So, it wasn't those. It wasn't Greenlaw and I thought Greenlaw and Warner made a number of plays. Um, the Niners just, you know, they didn't get your big players have to play well. Nick Bosa didn't not not only didn't have any sacks, he didn't have a single hit on the quarterback. You know, Randy Gregory I thought played well. I watched him on the binoculars. He was active. He made three tackles. He had a half a sack. He had one hit on the quarterback. The th the trio of Chase Young, Randy Gregory, Nick Bosa, their teeth off the edge combined had one hit on the quarterback or two. Two hits on the quarterback all night long. From And to me, the Chase Young lack of wrap-up on Lamar on that run was just brutal. Yeah. He, had him, he had him absolutely wrapped up, and he got away. Dude, Lamar's got legs, baby. He's, yeah, and he's got he's, strength. He's a he's a he's a he's a combination. A Kyler's fast and Hertz is strong. Lamar's both. Lamar's fast, elusive, and strong. So it's just, you know, I mean, credit Baltimore. They had the edge. They played with that edge. They exploded for 17 points in a disastrous third quarter. Uh Brock Purdy had the worst game of his career. He still made a number of good plays, but four picks is four picks, and there ain't getting ain't nothing ain't getting around that, you know. And Brock, if he were sitting here on this show right now, he would own that. But don't tell me the Niners got thoroughly outclassed. They ran from a seven yards a carry. Um, the only thing I would complain about if Kyle was sitting here is Kyle, you were going for almost eight yards a carry in the first half. Why didn't you just try to run it down their throat? I mean, they they they've got a defense that's really talented, 
on the back end. I mean, look at some of those players. But throw J.P. Mason in there. Let him take some hard carries. You know, well, I mean, not only that, the numbers show, Damon, that the Ravens were, you know, one of the worst run defenses in all of football against teams that have two backs. The Niners have two backs. They're running it for 7.5 a carry. Um, and it's a it's a what four what 16 12. It's a four point game at halftime. And you're you know you came out passing, and I don't know. I mean, just, I would have liked to have seen in this game, based on the numbers and based on the Ravens' personnel and how they looked on their profile, I would have liked a 55-45 uh, run pass split. And it was the other way, really, in the first half. It should, probably should have been a run-dominant run dominant game plan. Look, it felt like special teams where you knew the Ravens were going to have an advantage. They kept it their advantage all night long. You had Debo slipping on a kick return. You had Ronnie Bell once again fumbling a ball out of bounds. Now he fair caught a couple of others and at least didn't turn it over. But that is still a little bit of an adventure. Mitch Wisnowski had a, a punt that's net was 19 yards after he attacked on. Uh, and I saw earlier in the comments, somebody called him Mitch Greenlaw <laughs> with, that, <clears throat> with that out of bounds hit, Larry. That was pretty funny. Um, special teams, Justin Tucker didn't do, just doesn't miss. And oh, so, he's awesome. He's the greatest kicker I've ever seen. That guy's for did. sure. Steve Cass says JP Mason would have had, would have to punish the Ravens front line. What, would have loved to have seen J.P. Mason get, I don't know, maybe a carry. No, no carries for him. It, 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 to me, if there was if there was one thing, and I we talked about, I talked to O'Neill about this in the pregame, and this is what kind of bugged me. I went through that game with a fine-tooth comb. I looked at every stat, every possible angle on that game. All right, the thing that stood out the most to me was the Warren Sharp piece. Warren Sharp is really sharp, and he broke down the, the Ravens' run game, or the Ravens' uh, 49er, team, 49er game before the game. And he this is what he wrote. Um, the Ravens struggle against 21 and 22 personnel. When you put two backs on the field, their run defense, according to Warren Sharp, is terrible. Terrible. Okay? Okay, when you look at their the numbers, the Ravens' defense against 21 and 22 personnel, two backs with the fullback on the field, dead last in EPA per rush, dead last in success rate, dead last in yards after contact per rush, and the fourth worst in yards per carry. Then you look at the Niner run offense. They use two running back sets on 60% of their running plays, second highest rate of any offense in the NFL. Right. He said the this matchup could tilt the game in favor of the 49ers, easing the pressure off of Brock Purdy and giving Kyle Shanahan an edge in play calling. He was right. It all happened. Kyle didn't recognize it, and they lost. That's, yeah. That would be my summary. Yeah, I mean, that 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 would be that that's a really good summary. That is it very much inside the what happened. The other summary would be your starting quarterback through four interceptions. And you're going to lose those games. And it, it all went into the mix, and it all came out in the watch, and the Ravens were the better team that night for sure about it. Look, And balls get tipped, and sometimes, most of the time, they get tipped and go to the ground. In this game, they, went, they got tipped, they went into the air, there. 
and then they went to the Ravens' hands. Yeah, no, look, and, you know, I keep on saying excuses, 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 excuses. excuses. I mean, anything we're talking about like what excuses. happened. This is a discussion. I, I I realize that there might be so few. Is that the bad phone? Yeah, that is the bad phone. Sorry. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. That was Kyle Shanahan calling me to ask if we could make another <laughs> excuse. Could you please not talk about Warren Sharp anymore on the show? Thank you. It's Kyle. Thank you. Um, look, it, you know, people keep on saying uh, you, you're you're making excuses or this is uh, the, the Niners got exposed. The Niners got exposed. How about this? They didn't if, get exposed. If, they if, outplayed if you, them in a lot of ways. If you want to, if you're desperate to say the word exposed, how about this? The Niners exposed themselves to a defeat with the mistakes that they made. It's not like somebody yanked the towel off the Niners, leaving them naked. The Niners kind of dropped their own towel. You know, I mean, like they helped the Ravens beat them at every single turn. And the Ravens don't need much help beating a football team. Uh, and they got plenty from the Niners. The interceptions, again, the first one that Purdy threw was bad, all on him. He's got to wear it a billion percent on Brock. The next three interceptions are all on a little bit of a sliding scale of that's football. The second interception was a great play by the blitzing corner. The third interception, kind of on Kittle. It's kind of on Kittle, who it pops off of his shoulder pad and goes right up in the air instead of going to the ground, like Larry just said. And there were flags everywhere. Like seven flags came out on that play. So Purdy kind of thinks like, you know, oh, fuck it. I just, I got a free play here. I'm just going to, I'm trying to make a play. And so he might not have know, seen any of those flags, by the way. Or he might have seen turnover. nine of them. You know, I mean, that's a thing. I, I think he saw the flags, Larry, and that made him think, all right, I'm just going to let this fucker rip because this play's breaking down. And I think I got a free one right here. And he got that wrong. And then the fourth one, his arm gets hit by Travis Jones. And that's the Patrick Queen interception. To me, the worst throw of the entire night, other than that first interception to Debo, was the slant to Debo. And you didn't hear this, Larry, because you're in the press box. But at home watching the game, Troy Aikman says he started talking about seeing jerseys. And, you know, after you've thrown a few interceptions, you start seeing bigger opponent jerseys and you're trying to throw into even tighter windows. And that means you're going to throw behind a guy a little and just a little bit behind a guy could turn into an interception. And that I, I thought a second worst throw of the night was a near interception on a simple slant to Debo, which, you know, he's made that play in his sleep all season long. But so it was it was a learning night for Brock. Everything went wrong. I don't think at any point in time the young man lost his composure. I don't think at any point in time Kyle Shanahan lost faith in him to be the guy who could bring us back and win this game. It's not like after the third interception, he goes right to Sam Darnold. And normally you throw three interceptions. That's enough. We've seen enough of you tonight. And that didn't happen. So there's still a huge level of belief in the guy. And he's having a great year. And that was the worst game we will hopefully see from Brock Purdy Maybe in his career. I mean, it, it, it really can't get better than, you know, like, could you throw five interceptions? It was a bad game. Yeah. And he was due, he, come on, he was due for a really bad game, and he had a really bad game. Um, and, and when you have that many turnovers, you know, it's a, it's a bad day at the office for sure. It happens. It, 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 it's never enjoyable. Doesn't mean that he's, it, it somehow eradicates his entire season or nullifies what he's done. Um, 
The other thing, you know what? Look who the Niners have lost to this year. They've lost to Joe Burrow in one of the greatest games he played. They lost to Lamar in a phenomenal performance from Lamar. They lost to Cousins in one of the greatest games that he ever played. I mean, they've and lost, they lost to, to the Browns. And they lost to the Browns in a game they should have won. Uh, but Jake Moody missed a 41-yard field goal. And it just, you know, and, and that defense was really, really good. And that was that was the other Brock game where he struggled with a defense that's really fast, late breaking, you know, getting their hands on the ball, a lot of pressure. Um, you know, just it just it's just it is what it is. But I mean, they sometimes you gotta to me, I would be here more today to credit Lamar than I would be to bury Purdy and, and Shanahan. Because we know Shanahan's a good coach, and we know Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Um, and and yet, you know what? L- Lamar and John Harbaugh were better. Uh, Harbaugh outcoached uh, Shanahan, if you want to say that. I think that's fair. Uh, if you want to say that uh, Lamar outplayed Brock, there's no doubt in my mind. So you want to give the, the MVP to Lamar based on last night? You know what? I would. Just simply because look at what he's got. He doesn't got much. He really doesn't. He's doing it with smoke and mirrors. Right. If the, I'm not even sure the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl because they 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 stink. How about their, the, their right, weapons are awful? I, I wouldn't say they stink, but well, I mean, just I mean, you can't. They can't run the ball. They can't. Justice Hill can't run the ball. I mean, they don't have any more running backs. J.K. Dobbins done for the year. Keaton Mitchell done for the year. Those two guys they had last night are just guys. And outside of Flowers, those receivers they have are just guys. And somehow they're gonna they're gonna get through the AFC playoffs with no running backs and no wide receivers outside of Zay Flowers. I, I don't know. I mean, Look, maybe, maybe, but maybe not. If the number one argument against Brock Purdy to not being named MVP was there's so much talent around him he doesn't deserve it then that same formula sort of needs to be applied to Lamar. And there is a lack of talent around him. They don't suck, but they, they're they a much... Wouldn't. None of those guys would start for the Niners. They're an inferior team that he has delivered to the best record in the NFL. So if, if you're going to hold all the talent around him against Brock, you got to you got to score it the same way for Lamar and say he's doing this with a lack of talent around him, which could deliver him the MVP. Now, Christian McCaffrey, if he scores four more touchdowns in in Washington and then four more touchdowns against the Rams, maybe it's going to be him. If Brock throws 12 touchdowns and zero interceptions in his last two games, maybe the pendulum swings back to him. If the Ravens lose the next two games, maybe it swings away from Lamar. Maybe there's another person who will still come from out of nowhere in these last two weeks to to do it. Who who knows? Well, the EMA beats is like Larry. He's got three first round picks at wide receiver. Come on, champ, dude. He's got three failed first round picks. He's got OBJ. He's ancient. He's got Rashad Bateman, who's a bust. He's got Nelson Aguilar, who's been on four teams because he's been a bust. I mean, seriously, that you why don't you throw AJ Jenkins in there and you can say he's a first round pick too. He was a bust. Right. I mean, in reality, what has he got? He's got Zay Flowers. That's what he's got. Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are scaring nobody. And 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 Isaiah Likely is a decent backup tight end. Nothing more. 
The rest of those guys are just guys. Bateman, what? How many? Bateman dropped three balls yesterday. I mean, he was terrible. Um, you know, I mean, Aguilar has been all over the league because he's kind of been not that great. And OBJ, you know, was a first round pick and has had a good career, but OBJ's had multiple surgeries and he's now in his thirties. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's got three touchdowns on the year. I mean, it's just, he's not the same guy. I'm just saying they're realistically, look at the Eagles. They had AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. Those are wide receivers. Um, this Ravens group is not that great, which is why Lamar's MVP year is amazing. And probably he, he probably won it last night with the way he played in that game. To be completely honest, he probably did. He probably did. Uh, just the facts, Larry, as yes. we enter our second hour here, it's 9am on the West coast. If you're watching us live, thank you very much. Please hit like, please hit subscribe. Both of our channels are offering memberships. That's a nice way to support what Larry and I are doing through the holidays. We'd certainly appreciate it. You could be anywhere this morning. You could still be in bed, but you're up and you're watching us, and we really do appreciate that. Thank you to even the trolls. It's great to have you here. It really <laughs> is. Um, just the facts, Larry. And Again, this is going to sound like bright spots, and maybe we're looking for some bright spots here, but here are the facts. The 49ers defense recorded its first safety since 2018. Even that sort of comes with an asterisk because, boy, that back judge got trucked by Lamar. You know, I mean, that that that's just an awkward situation for him to be in. Uh, Lamar trips over an official for the 49ers first safety since 2018. Um, once again, this defense held an opposing offense without a 100-yard rusher. That's 42 straight games. That's the second longest streak in the NFL in 23 years. That's good. Um, one of the more embarrassing stats I think you can attach to any single NFL team. Larry, did you know that the Chicago Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer? Never. In their franchise's history, they've never had one. They've won a Super Bowl with Jim McMahon, and that's the high-water mark. I mean, I can think of you know, Cade McNown and all these guys. Oh, I mean, there was a minute there that Peter Tom Willis thought that he was going to be the uh, answer to all things. And Jim Harbaugh remains one of the best quarterbacks. Jay Cutler is statistically my top quarterbacks in, uh, in, yeah. And, and let's not talk about, uh, you know, Craig Krenzel and his uh, mechanical engineering major out of Ohio State, for goodness sakes. Anyway, Brian Bashnagel, or no, he meant I've been a quarterback, but I remember he was a bear name from the past so the chicago bears have never had a four thousand yard passer now it feels like for many people in football history the 49ers basically reinvented the modern pass you know the west coast offense and you had all those great quarterbacks uh, you know montana and young guess what in the history of the 49ers brock purdy last night became only the third 4,000-yard passer in franchise history. Wow. And Joe Montana is not one of them. It's Steve Young and Jeff Garcia. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, he got close in 2019. He was 22 yards shy of a 4,000-yard season. But Purdy should finish this season with the most passing yards in a single season in franchise history. He needs 120 passing yards to pass Steve Young for second and 228 over his next two games to pass Jeff Garcia for first on the all-time list. So as bad as a night as it was for Brock Purdy, 
he is still having a season that will probably have left him as the number one single season passing leader in 49ers franchise history. If you want to say, well, he gets an extra game to do that, you're correct. That That is happening as well. Uh, Purdy's 4,050 passing yards, the third most ever by a 49ers quarterback in a single season. And George Kittle, who had a really good first quarter last night, he had 91 receiving yards at the end of the first quarter. He finished with 126. It's the 17th game of George Kittle's career with more than 100 receiving yards. That ties him for third on the franchise's all-time did-you-have-100-yards receiving list. Terrell Owens is in front of him with 25, and Jerry Rice has 66 such games. But, I mean... Yes, 66 games, 66 games. And second place is T.O. with 25. Wow. And and, but Kittle is now third place all to himself with 17. George Kittle has had a prolific career with the 49ers. He truly has. He can disappear at times. He can be evaluated as a blocker as much as a pass catcher. And he's right to be evaluated as such because he's outstanding at that. Um, But George Kittle is having a hell of a career for the 49ers. Again, there are facts that are bright spots when you look at the entirety of the season that we're looking at, but it's hard to extract any bright spots from a game in which the Niners turned the ball over five times. They got beat in all three phases, which sounds like an outcoached game, yet they still outpassed, out average yards per play, outran this team i mean without five turnovers the 49ers win that game last night larry which is the dumbest most empty statement you could possibly say but it's the truth without five turnovers i think the niners would have won last night but they turned the ball over five times so by the way in, in here's here's another stat that needs to be in just the facts according to nfl next generate next gen stats baltimore's defense combined for 39 pressures 39 pressures resulting in four sacks of Purdy and Darnold Clowney himself. You mentioned Clowney. He had seven by himself. That's 39 pressures on 46 overall dropbacks from the Niners quarterback last night. I mean, so that's, I mean, there were, so you're telling me there's, you know, just a handful of clean pockets all night long. That's not Niners good. old line got whipped. Let's, let's be honest. We can talk about we we you know we really need to say that um, the Niner O line, whether it was before the injuries even happened, the Niner O line got whipped. They were getting worked, and Matabuke was just pushing dudes. Yeah, he's Very he's fast. really really good. Uh, uh, Larry, I see that you have a long drive ahead of you this afternoon, which means it's probably time for us to hop into some of the the chats and the super chats that you've starred and and reserved for this part of the show. Let me also say this. If the Niners came in with a wrong game plan last night or a game plan that you didn't like, Larry, and they abandoned the run too quickly, you know, I'm I'm not going to argue with you. Todd Munkin, who is the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, who was a guy who was calling offensive plays for Georgia and Kirby Smart for the last couple of years, I'm not going to say it was like a coming out party for him, but the Ravens did offensively what they needed to do to win that game. And I thought he called a really good game and he, he used his, his chess piece that is Lamar Jackson in a perfect way. 
So uh, very good night for the Ravens. No denying it. Very bad night for the 49ers, and there's no denying that. They still could be the one seed, and there's no denying that either. So there you go. Those are the facts. Those are the facts of a crap football game played by the Niners on Christmas. (laughs) There you go. Merry Christmas, everybody. It was, and, you know, the, the unfortunate thing, it was a beautiful day. People were ha- having a great time in the parking lot. Said hi to a lot of Niner fans in the parking lot. People were getting it in uh, in the parking lot. There were people tailgating all day. And it was a you know beautiful sunny day. It was a wonderful Christmas morning. We had a great Christmas Eve. And then just dog meat game. Yeah. Just a dog meat game. Yeah. I mean, I, this, one, this one makes me laugh, too. With words of wisdom, without five turnovers, Ford Niners win. <laughs> he says equals. If my ex didn't cheat on you, she, she would have been, been faithful. faithful. That's, uh, I'm not going to argue with you. Look, it sounded, it felt stupid <laughs> coming out of my mouth. It did. It felt stupid coming out of my mouth, but I said it anyways because I also believe there's some truth to it. Just like she would have been faithful had she not cheated on you. That would have been true had the event not happened. What a weird night from a scoring standpoint. You want some weird scoregamis in this one? Yeah. Um, the, the, Larry, it was two nothing, five nothing, five to three, ten to five, thirteen to five, thirteen to twelve, sixteen to twelve, twenty three twelve. Eighteen seconds later, it's thirty to twelve, thirty three to twelve, thirty three nineteen. Those are if you had weird boxes going on, you, you weird boxes won last night. And the what box did you have checked off on your uh, uh, on your you know? If that's the way you gambled through that game with a group of people. If there was if there was one thing that I wanted to see in that game that I didn't see, obviously, other than the obvious no turnovers and a different outcome. If just looking into the box and, and looking at the at the way the game was played, the ball distribution and how everybody, how many runs, how many passes, who got the ball, who touched it. I, Debo Samuel had two carries. I would have loved in this game for Debo Samuel to have 12. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have loved to see the 49ers instead of instead of uh you know 46 passes and what was it 46 passes and 18 runs it would have been nice if you mixed in 10 more 10 more runs and 10 fewer passes. I mean obviously they had to play from behind at the end and so you got to throw the ball. They had to throw the ball. That had a, had a lot to do with it. But if there was one thing I wanted to see more of, I wanted to see Debo with the ball in his hands running the ball at this Ravens D and we just didn't see it by the way words of wisdom had one of the funnier comments in my chat last night when he was like look it was a lousy day for the 49ers and I'm not in a good mood but I do want to tell you that I got a manscaped for Christmas and he's like but my balls are so shiny right now at least I got that going for me oh Jesus and I I asked I was like so you get a man so you get manscaped for Christmas, right? You get the special shaver for Christmas. Do you like run out of the room to try that and come back and tell everybody like, oh, my balls are great now. Or do you do it privately when you're in your own time? How quickly can you test out the manscaped? What's the appropriate amount of time before you're shaving your own balls once you get your manscaped? Should we discuss that instead of that? What's game? the advantage of having shaved balls? Ask your wife. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> Honey, uh, quick question. Could you come over here? 
Um, by the way, she loved her uh, her her gift that you suggested for her. Plantar fasciitis brace. The plantar fasciitis brace. She wore it last night. She said that she felt a little bit better this morning. How, how many? How long did it take before it actually worked? I had massive change of how my foot felt within three nights of wearing it. Hopefully, it'll be that quickly for Amy too. Okay. I, I really it, that really helped, and the fact that she is feeling a little bit better right now is yeah. a really good sign. That's a yeah. really good sign. Because so, she says it really hurts the most in the morning. Yeah. When you get out of bed and you put your hot foot down for the first time and you're like, oh, there stings. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully it helps oh, her. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that recommendation. You made me a hero. A hero. On, here to help, uh, I'm just here to make you look good, brother. Here seriously. to make you look good. Oh, I was so excited by that gift. I was like, oh, my God, honey. Guess this. Get this. There's, there's, there's help on the way. Damon suggested it. Um. And there's somebody in here. Who, where was this one that just got me? Uh, there's some, some lady in here is taking me to task because I said the Ravens aren't that great. All I meant is their weapons aren't very good. Here it is. Rosie O'Donnell. She says, per Larry, Ravens are not a good team. The Ravens are not a good offensive team as far as those are not great offensive weapons. Ke Keaton Mitchell was their best back. And... I know you probably don't know football well enough to know the difference between a Gus Edwards, a Justice Hill, and a Keaton Edwards or Keaton Mitchell. But Gus Edwards is not a great running back. Justice Hill is not a great running back. And that's not going to change between now and Super Bowl Sunday. And these run these receivers they have, OBJ, Bateman, Aguilar, they're not great receivers. Well, so we'll see. We'll see come Super Bowl Sunday who's standing there. This is I, the I have my doubts the Ravens are going to be that team. This is the compliment to Lamar. He is the tide that lifts all boats in the harbor when it comes to the Ravens Harbor. Everyone plays better because of him. Now, that's what's held against Brock Purdy, right? Like Brock Purdy only plays well because of all the talent around him is the argument that everyone wants to make. Um, the talent around Brock Purdy, the system around Brock Purdy failed Brock as much as Brock failed the system. It was a collapse. It was a, it was an offensive line nightmare. It was, it was a bad game. I mean, well, just, I mean, no let's just, say. let's just say this. There are a few quarterbacks in the league. Mahomes, but he didn't do it this weekend. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar. And maybe that's about it that can elevate a team that doesn't have the weapons. Like if you took all of Brock Purdy's weapons away from him, could he single-handedly elevate the team and say, jump aboard, I'm carrying you through through the game? I don't think so. No. He needs to have some combination of, of a line and some weapons and a surrounding cast. Yeah, mo most that, most Maybe that's the difference between... Maybe that's the difference between uh, uh, game changer and you know game manager. Maybe that's maybe these guys that wanted to say that just couldn't verbalize that. But well, Lamar basically did what Lamar did last night on the road to a very good 49er team with those weapons was worthy of the MVP in my in my opinion. Um, I would definitely give it to Lamar. And if there was one thing that for sure happened last night is that Brock basically said, no, I'm not the MVP. He had said it. And last night he showed it. 
Well, and and <laughs> look, after, you know, that's it. If you want to say he's a system quarterback, well, he should have ran the system a little bit more. He should have managed that game a little bit better. You know, a, a lack of game management is what did in the 49ers last night. But lack I don't know commitment if, to the run, maybe early on. They yeah, should have committed and, and, and to the run when it was working. I don't know if if it's necessarily you know, Brock's fault that his offensive line is failing him. And and it, one of the things that I thought, okay, right, that's a bad harbinger is the only other time I saw Brock getting passes batted down at the line of scrimmage was basically in that Cleveland game. And when it looked like it was happening early and then it happened a couple times, it just, uh, that was rough. The Ravens defense whipped the Niner offensive line. Um, and still the Niners came away with some, some big, big plays, but wasn't enough. All right, let's hit the star chats, of which there are 17 or 18 here. Here we go. All right, let's get in. Lyle Bolliard says, it just kills me why the Niners get away from the run. CMC was running well. Should have pounded the ball down their throat. Let Mason run the ball, too. I agree. I agree. If there's one thing with Kyle Shanahan, at times, he lacks patience. And if you want to go back and say, a theme to Kyle Shanahan's losses in some of the biggest games is they didn't run the ball enough. And look, times. the Ravens are one of the ultimate, and John Harbaugh is one of the ultimate. If you get too cute, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you on that. If you get yeah. too cute against me, I'll make you pay for that. And I don't even know if the Niners got too cute. They just turned the ball over way too many times. But it, yeah, they. Kyle went away from something that was working that the numbers, and like you said, the Warren Sharp piece said would work. And maybe he wants to show you how clever of a coach he is, or I just think that he believes that balance is what he's seeking. And he doesn't want to determine, he doesn't want to lean too far into any one aspect. And there are times when I just think you need to lean into something that's working. When you have, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, you've got three real runners there. Run the ball. Run the ball. Um, all right. 69ers. Thank you. Says Lamar isn't good in the playoffs. Super Bowl is still open. Yeah, exactly. Lamar's got one playoff win in four tries. Right. By the so way, playoff not a lot that this Ravens team's going to the Super Bowl. If you think a regular season game is hard to win, wait and you see the playoffs. None of this is easy. Yeah. None of it. But I'll say this. There would be there have been losses in the past. Like give you an example. I mean, this is going way back. When the 85 Bears rolled into Candlestick and beat the Niners 26-10. When the game was over, I wasn't thinking, you know what? get those guys again in the playoffs, and it'll be a different story, man. No, that's not what I thought. Uh, <laughs> I thought this is their year. When I watched that last night, I wasn't thinking, this is the Ravens' year, man. They're just, they're crown them. No. I I, I feel like if there was a, a round two of this, it would go differently. Uh, 69ers. Purdy has more playoff wins than Lamar. He does. Fact. Fact. How about that? Bobo. Why can't Kyle ever coach from behind? That's a concern. That That is a concern. That will continue to be a question that is legitimately asked and brought up that point until it happens. You know, Kyle's got to win one of these I was trailing by eight points games. He hasn't. It is odd. It's weird. 
as good as the Niners have been under Kyle, for that to be such an incomplete, a glaring incomplete, it's it's impossible to explain away. It really is. I don't yeah, think it's one of those things. It's his final frontier. Yeah. I, I, and I really thought maybe last night was going to be an example of the comeback, right? Because they were down, but it wasn't a lot. And then that third quarter happened and it was like, oh, man. Um, Baron Red. It's not a super, but I just had to read it. He says, I'm kind of happy. Single women at bars on Christmas. There you go, Baron. There you go. He had some the blitz people, package, at, <laughs> he had the blitz package people, on Christmas. You, you know, you got you to gotta win the battles you can win, right? There you go. Um, David E says, I'm a big Purdy fan, but I'm very concerned. Ernest, Ernest H has a Favre issue. Who's Ernest H concerned? Those interceptions were jawful or awful. Google Purdy's crazy college turnovers. All right. I know. We all know. Thank you. Uh, Casey Two Bears says, despite the stinker, Purdy's still with 112 passer rating and leading or second in a lot of offensive categories. Again, the worst thing is everyone trying to use the last game that they watched as a referendum on what this player is now. The immediacy the immediacy bias is a major par- portion of what we do. Yes. I mean, right? I mean, seriously. Um, day, and, you know, as they say, you're only as good as your last show. You're only as good as your last game. Dale says, recognize that it's Brock that's bailing out our terrible O-line. He's had a spectacular year behind an unspectacular offensive line, for sure. If there's one message you should take from me away from this one is that win, lose, or draw on this season. The Niners are either going to win the Super Bowl or they're not. The offensive line is the theme of this offseason. Upgrading the offensive line in the offseason is not just on the to-do list. It's the freaking to-do list. And then get another corner. Yeah. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, another corner. If you get a chance, by the way, watch the national semi and watch this kid Latham for Bama. That's the guy. You could get that guy. Or if you watch Oregon State, I'm not sure if they've played in the bowl game yet, but uh, Taliesi, Fugisi, or whatever the tackle they have is just monster. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Check out uh, those two guys. I did a deep dive on the O tackles about a month ago. Those two guys stand out. Uh, David E. corrected. I'm a big Purdy fan. However, he is a did I read this one? Did I just read that? No, no, keep going. Okay. Have you seen the um, video of the, uh, uh, the corrected the crazy turnover? I'm a big Purdy fan. However, he is a Favre issue. Have you guys seen the video compiling his game-changing crazy turnovers in college? You should Google it. Yeah, no, I have seen it. Have yeah, seen it. I've seen it too. And look, if you're the quarterback at Iowa State, you're officially in I got to make shit happen mode. Right. You know, right. if not me, no one. So, yeah, he. Here's the thing. I would rather have a quarterback that you got to reel in than let out. By the way, Purdy's brother sounds like he may transfer from Nebraska to Cal. To Cal, yeah. How about that? That'd be interesting. Cal's already got a good young quarterback. That'd be a battle. Daniel Tate says the 49ers had five turnovers and won the NFC Championship in 1982. I think he. By the way, his brother's name is Chuba, or at least that's his nickname. Hey, you have Rock and Chuba. Chuba. There you go. Uh, what's it short for? I have no idea. And by the way, the Niners didn't win. It was that January of 82. Was that you mean the 81 season? 
So he's talking about the Dallas game. Five turnovers in the Dallas game. Is that true? I know there were three picks. The 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 two fumbles. Yeah, five in that game. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I have to look that up. I would say no, but maybe he's looked it up. Flav in the house says nights like last night show exactly why a quarterback should be the MVP. Look at what it takes. Love CMC, but he doesn't have to worry about the ball being tipped ever. Purdy's job is so much harder. Kind of agree with that, actually. Uh, Joseph Ernberg, the defense tackling is crazy bad recently. Yeah, the, the the tackling in the last month really. I mean, they had a couple good tackle games after tackling games after the bye, and then since then it seems like it's gotten progressively worse. I mean, but I didn't think that last night was a bad night of tackling. I really didn't. Well, they had Lamar uh, twice that they should have at least had him, and he got big plays. But yeah, I basically agree with you. It wasn't the last night was better than the Arizona game where they missed like sixteen or seventeen. Steven Draper says pass happy play calls, then panic set in. Coaching. Okay. Duly noted. Flav in the house again. Says that Darnold hate. The Darnold hate is crazy. He looked pretty damn good last night for a guy that hasn't played in four months and doesn't have chemistry with these guys. He's not any worse than Jimmy. Great backup to have. Look, he he comported himself well. He completed a couple of passes, which is better than what we've seen when he didn't complete a, a bunch of passes, right? So, I mean, yes. Yeah, the one, the one play that's just ridiculous, and the only reason I know it's ridiculous because I was I was honed in on the binoculars. I had a great angle. When he took the sack to get down back to the 12-yard line, there was a lane there, a big lane, and he should have ran it in, and he didn't. And so sometimes I look at that, and I'm like, hmm, that's... Not that uh, I'm not saying that I would have the courageousness to do it, so I don't want to judge him too harshly. But man, you're playing quarterback in the NFL, and you you score a touchdown there, you got a chance for the onside kick and a chance to tie it, and instead you drop back behind a line that's missing three starters and take a 12 yard sack. To me, that was a bad decision. He only had a split second to make it, but he should have just bolted right for the goal line and ran it in himself. And he made a business decision to just look for the pass behind a bad line and took a sack. Didn't like that. Um, Dale, maybe not have 10 penalties, of which half of them were on the defensive side of the ball, which gave the Ravens five free first downs. How about that fact? Yeah, no, it's true. Um, you know, it was another painful one was that drive where where they had, was it Ambry had the defensive hold? When they had uh, after Hargrave got a sack on the next play, Hargrave, I think, had a pass to pass down. Yeah, batted pass. And then it was a hold, a defensive hold on Ambry. Yeah. Uh, but I do like Ambry, and I think he's playing pretty well. By the way, the 49ers did lose three fumbles in that championship game. So five turnovers. Wow. Bobo, do Seven you think penalties, Trent- they didn't have 10 penalties in that game? Yeah, but that's a lot of adversity for a young Joe Montana to overcome for sure. Against the against well, America's you team. You're gonna you're gonna want to bet you're gonna want to bet on that Montana kid. He's going places. Seriously. Uh I think I see a little something there. Bobo says, Do you think Trent Williams got that strip fumble? No. I no. thought he did, and he acted like he did. But you're he, saying you, you saw it on TV. But the, but the vi- 
the same way that Ronnie Bell was down last week because his forearm was down, he was down. That Craig, ball rocked a little, but it didn't come out. I'll defer to you. Craig Frankie says the D played well uh, besides the one run from Lamar. Do you realize that was Lamar's longest run of the entire year? Didn't feel like that long of a run either, but Great it was run. certainly consequential, and it changed the way that I think the Niners looked at him the rest of the night. They got caught in the middle a lot of times where they didn't know to get aggressive on the scramble or lay back and just defend these, the, these receivers and you get caught in the middle, and that's where a, a, a quarterback like Lamar gets you. Lamar doesn't have very many weapons, and he made it happen last night. I, I got this morning. I have so much respect for Lamar. Yeah, I mean, I if 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 I was sitting sitting next to somebody, he said, "Man, I missed the game. Give me a quick takeaway." I have so much respect for Lamar. And I, I just and five he's smart. He's tough. He's fast. He's courageous. He's He's special. He's really special. Um, this just in. Uh, and I'm slow to the party. Some people already knew that about Lamar. Well, look, I needed last night to confirm he's it. Overrated. Some people tell you that he's still, you know, he's not elite. He's very good. He's a, an incredible athlete, but he's not an elite. You'd want him. Every coach would need him quarterback. I mean, you, you talk about a, a guy who's got a, a sick amount of raw physical talent. Lamar Jackson has that. He's also very much in a system that is built and tailored around him. Yeah. But, you know? I mean, you can tell he's he's smart. You can see the intelligence. You can see the courageousness. Yeah. You know, he's, he's there, there's some bad men running around out there. You know, Dre Greenlaw's a bad man, but Lamar doesn't fear any of these guys. No. I mean, he just he doesn't fear getting starched. Uh, and you can see him the processing he makes good decisions ravens really dolphins does. on sunday larry yeah I, I like the dolphins that's what i'm saying it's like these people that are like oh my god they only watch niner football They're like well i watched that that ravens rams game and the 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 rams easily could have you know could have won that game uh easily could have won that game so i, I don't know i I don't think the Ravens are like this awesome, unbelievable. You don't want to face them again. No, I uh, bring them on again. I'd love another shot. Flav says, I actually think Brock could elevate a team with Shanahan and a great O-line. Kyle will be able to get people open and Brock's anticipation can get the ball there. He needs time and or a run game, though. Yeah. I mean, that's what the, 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 the Niners, this is... You know, nobody wants to hear this because we're all geared for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, this is the year. This is the year. This is the year. And I still very much believe it is. But if you really want to look at this objectively, the Niners have their guy in Brock Purdy. It's time to build the fortress around him. It's time to invest three of your first five picks in O-linemen that are going to be in charge of blocking for that guy for the next decade. Uh, it's time to make that investment. It's actually beyond time. Rocco two nine six drops the deuce. Thank, Thank you, you, Rocco. Andy seven oh seven. Andy with two Y seven oh seven. Spencer Burford is not it. Oh man, at right tackle, he really is not it. But Spencer, I like Spencer. He's got some talent, but there's more development needed there. And you're that's right. Playing, I mean, that's a man playing out of position. Yeah, hadn't played right tackle since UTSA. And uh, showed it absolutely showed. Eric Red says it's unreal how during the good times 
is Brock Purdy is a mediocre quarterback surrounded by talent. During nights like last night, it's just Brock Purdy. <laughs> right. I mean, there's something there is something to say that for, you know, a, a, a guy who cannot do it on his own is now solely responsible for the loss of the Niners. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, man. Flav, empty in the clip. Agreed. Darnold sack was terrible. This wasn't Purdy coming in in the first quarter for uh, for coming in down 21, biggest game of the year in week 16 with no Trent. I thought he did well overall. No, Flav, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Darnold, Darnold uh, came firing off the bench, and he made a number of nice throws. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And Niner, Niner, bang. Larry, did you hear Steve Young's interview on Lamar? No. No. Damn. Did you, Damon? No. I have no idea what he might have said about I, I I didn't. I didn't. I'd miss love it. to hear it because I, I respect Steve it. immensely. Um, and I talk, and I, I've traded some texts with Steve, and we're going to have him on the channel here in a few weeks. So I'm just picking the right time. And you're going you're gonna to keep them all to yourself, or is he going to join us for a wake up? I don't know if Steve can Steve get up this early. Steve can we'll do anything. See. He's a Hall of Famer. Larry. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. All right, that does it for us. Um, oh wait, 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 wait. Did I? Come more just come flying in. Look at this. You you know you want to go, but they drag you back in. Cryptic one twenty twenty three Niners need need to learn how to come from behind and get these wins. You cannot cakewalk through the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Nothing is certain. The NFC can get us any given Sunday. Also, NFC North, AFC North owns us. Have this year. Here's one question that we haven't broached, but it, I, th I would like to throw it to Damon right here before we jet. Is it possible that the AFC is better overall than the NFC? I mean, look at the way the Niners, look at the way the Niner Bengal game went. Look at the Niners and the Browns. Look at the Niners and the Ravens. Look at some of the teams. That, How about, if you're only using the Niners in which to make that measurement, yes, the AFC is better. I would have to see the conferences, you know, records against each other overall. But I have thought that the, opponents or something. the AFC definitely has the better grouping of individual quarterbacks. And that AFC North is usually among the most disrespected not really taken seriously conferences in football until you realize like, oh, there's, you know, that they're, they're pretty good across the board. I mean, eat the Steelers are no just pushover. Here's a, here's another one, Damon. You had your just the facts. Yeah. Lamar's record against the NFC. You know what it is? It's like 20 and he's got one loss ever 20 and one or something like 20 and one, Yeah, 20 and one against the NFC. It's amazing, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, look, cheers to Lamar and John Harbaugh. That's really impressive. Very impressive. It's really impressive. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten thoughts on injuries. Well, I'm worried about the um, groin from Trent and the turf toe for, for uh, Banks. Turf toe for Banks is, to me, I guess, my biggest concern. Um, Groins linger. Groins, that's a lingering injury. That could that yeah. that could go both are. They both are. Step one lean. Uh, so yeah, that's. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, Larry. If 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 Trent's not playing, that's it. That's it. An offensive line that's got a question mark on it cannot lose its best offensive lineman, and the questions get easier to answer. So he, this is key. It's yeah. key. And now they may have to win the next two games. 
to to get that one seed without Trent. And then Jalen Moore also went down. So, yeah, and we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see on the injuries. But, I, you know, the I asked Banks about the turf toe at his locker uh, about two weeks ago, and he's like, hey, he was bad early, but it's better. But then last night he looked like he was in a ton of pain. Uh, so I don't know. He's a tough guy and he was on the ground for a while. So we're going to have to see how that turf toe bounces back. Turf toe is the most unpredictable of injuries. You, it could be gone and you can get it going in, you know, 10 days or, you know, a week, or it could last and end your career. I mean, it's just, a, it's a, it's a terrible thing. Obviously we're hoping for the best there. Um, and Keith Murphy says, um, the Rams played Baltimore way wow. more tough. They, they did. I mean, yeah, they, they did. They, they, they didn't. Did. They didn't play a mistake-filled, ugly football game. In Baltimore, too, on the road. Yeah, they nearly it? won it on the road, and they th- their defense didn't even get beat. It was a special teams play that was the walk-off score for the Ravens. And again, the Ravens are maybe the best special teams team in football. They got great returns last night. They had really good field position all night long. Uh, their kicking game, I mean, it, Justin Tucker puts every kickoff into the second row, and he puts every single field goal through the uprights. He's spectacular. So, um, hey, one, one last mention here before we jet for the door. Um, thanks to Pig and a Pickle, who have done an incredible job sponsoring my channel. Uh, Damon and Mary, the owners of Pig and a Pickle, check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. Pig and a Pickle the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Kevin and I walked through the parking lot to get to uh, the Hilton uh, for the pregame yesterday. And, uh, you know, people coming up to me, pig in a pickle. Pig in a pickle. It's like, dude, do you know my name? My name's not pig in a pickle. Excuse hey, me. Might as well be. Might as well be. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I know, you know, it's like I could drop a few LBs, but I mean, pig in a pickle. That's all I get. Uh, but no, thanks to them. Thanks to uh, New York style Italian sausage. It was one of my original sponsors. The only kind of Italian sausage I eat is New York style Italian sausage. In fact, I made my famous um, stuffed mushrooms with the New York style Italian sausage. Yeah. They were a big hit on Christmas Eve. And thanks to Marin Autoglass, my man Saeed, who's been a sponsor of the show. He's a great guy. Uh, Saeed, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody at Marin Autoglass. Thank you. And then, of course, uh, Mojo Fantasy and Underdog Fantasy. Um, check that link in the description. Use that promo code Krug, K-R-U-E-G, and they'll match you up to your first $100. And, Damon, go ahead, before we jet jet here, shout out Ike and your sponsors and, yeah, and all the always, good people. I always want to give crazy love to Ike, who is uh, my primary sponsor as well and has been since we launched the channel. Go get yourself a delicious sandwich at Ike's. You're probably tired of cooking and making leftover sandwiches. Let Ike make the next sandwich you eat this week. You can have it ordered. Download the app. Start eating your way to free sandwiches. Thanks to Uncle Boys, one of the best burgers in the inner rich. Thank you to them. Thank you to uh, mybookie.ag. Thank you to Dr. Paul Hughes, who sponsors Post Game and Damon. If you've got knee problems, joint pain, go to orthopedicsurgeries.com to learn ways you can avoid your own orthopedic surgery. And thank you, every single person who got up 
and woke up with Larry and I today. Thank you for being here for weeks for some of you. Some of you are in here for the very first time. Hopefully you hit that like button. You've clicked subscribe. Larry and I both offering memberships. If you want to support some independent journalism in this growing couple of channels over here, um, the year is wrapped up really, really strong for the both of us. And we thank you for responding to the work that we're doing. It means an awful lot to the both of us. Thank you. And, you know, again, the holidays are on through the New Year's. So I'm still going to continue with a happy holidays. Christmas Eve went well. Christmas morning went well. Jack has bike. Jack's got a new bike. Got a bike. Uh, Jack's got a bike and he's taking laps around the house on the hardwood. The training wheels are going to be coming off soon enough. We always use that phrase. You got to take the training wheels off. We're literally going to have to do that at some point with my kid here. Um, That's a great moment, by the way. My youngest kid had this phobia about riding the bike. And I told him, I said, hey, man, you can do it. You can do it. And he like he fell one time and it kind of scarred him for a few months. Yeah. And then um, we took him out to a field. And he started riding. I'm like, you can do it. You absolutely can do it. You just keep going. You just need a, a wide path, you know, a wide, you know, area. So we went to like a basketball court. We had tons of room and I filmed it and I've got his first uh, non-training wheel uh, video from way back. It's one of my favorite videos. Nice. We, set, we saved Dusty Gold, by the, says, by the way, says, where's Pasquale? You ask for Pasquale, you get Pasquale. Hey. Up with a Sunday dinner. I mean, <laughs> we did grow up with the Sunday dinner. Hey, thanks to everyone for all your support, for subscribing, for liking, for notifying. It means an awful lot. And and Larry, as is tradition here, I, I just want to wrap up by really complimenting what is a, a beautiful neon sign behind you. I, I didn't yeah, go to go to a wide shot. Show everybody the new neon sign. <laughs> you're always saying go to the wide shot. You and your ACLs. I told Kate and I told everybody. I told Tom. And I, I said, pick one. Pick one. You know, let's take some phone calls. Pick one, Tom. You pick one. And then I'm thinking, you know what? Chad's going to bring up the light. And he's going to bring up the new studio. I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were. Did you like my Ralph? It was incredible as always. Someone wants the Bane Void. Can I show you what was my best Christmas present to myself? Yes, please do. Because I do Sports Bane where I turn into like Evil Damon. All my evil takes come from Sports Bane. Larry, it is you, the Gothamites. Oh, my God. Let me tell you right now that it was a bad night for the 49ers. It did not go well for the team that you root for. What did that cost you? It was only like 20 bucks. What do you do with it? I, I wear it when I do sports bane. It's ridiculous. There's nothing about being on YouTube that makes any, any sense for me, Larry, but here we are. We are Merry- doing weird things. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a great one. Thanks. Merry Christmas. To- <laughs> Thanks to Trent. Trent Balky is one of my favorites. You know, I think everybody should have a great, a great holiday. Lowry, Damon, uh, all the good Niner fans. You know what? Last night was a rough one. It was like we blew out our ACL together. But we got two more games and the playoffs and the Super Bowl still there for us. I'll tell you that right now, man. We got two more games. 
in one more ACL. We can we can tear another ACL to win this thing. Yeah, Trent, come on. We got a great chat at the Super Bowl. We got Brock Purdy. We got CMC. We got Kittle. We got Ayuk. We got Devo. And best of all, we got Wake Up with David and Larry. Uh, uh, uh.